Have you ever had one of those moments where you actually just have a little memory of a record and you think, I must go back and listen to that? And then you do, and your memory is that you thought it was all right at the time, but then you put it on and go, oh my God, this is actually really, really good. I've had one of those moments today. I've been listening to Push by Bross, and it was released in 1988, and I had it at the time. It was not one of my favourites at the time, even though I really respected it at the time. But if you can imagine my little cassette drawer, and they were all in order of when I'd purchased them. (laughs) It was about number three, only the third tape I ever bought. And it just wasn't up there with Bananarama and Kylie and uh, Smash Hits 88 and stuff like that. But I went back and listened to it. And oh my God, Lee, welcome to the show. It was an experience. I was really uplifted listening to it. This is a sophisticated, smart wonderful pop record it is and it's a surprise because i don't remember it being like that but it is i'm shocked so i went back and did some research right because i'm thinking this no wonder it escaped me at the time because i was very young and that stock aiken and waterman sound was what i was craving and this isn't like that in fact listening to it again today and people will probably howl me down for this. All that kept coming through for me was George Michael. Like, this is a like such a George Michael album to me. It was not the whole thing, but a lot of the tracks are. Cat and Monk, The Pigeons, in particular. I mean, that could easily have been recorded by him, frankly. Um, but I, I looked into it, and there is a guy called Nicholas Graham. He actually is responsible for co-writing all the songs on this album. He was a really mature... Uh, accomplished musician. He was famous for her working alongside David Bowie and other artists in the 70s. And he actually had his hand in this album. So when I'm listening to it and thinking, this has actually got a lot more layers and depth than what I remembered. No wonder it does. They, I think they released When Will I Be Famous, which did nothing. Um, and then their manager, who was, it was a big pop manager. So Tom Watkins, he managed people like Pet Shop Boys, and then later on he managed um, East 17. He was their manager um, and really pushed it. And then they kind of sort of appeared out of nowhere overnight, although that wasn't the reality. I think they've been slogging at it for quite a long time. Um, But yeah, they suddenly appeared with When Will I Be Famous? And they were everywhere. We were you. It was Bros Mania, and you were you were a brosette if you were into them. <laughs> Is that right? And there were three members. There was Matt and Luke, who were the twins. Apparently, I don't know if they're identical or not. And then there was this third guy, Craig Logan, who eventually, well, he left quite quickly. And there's got to be a story there. Oh yeah, there is a story. Yeah, he was. So, so yeah, there was the, the identical twins, and then there was there was Craig who played bass guitar um and he left i think he left after the first album he had me sadly and was really struggling with the the touring and all the promotion so he made the decision um to leave there's this famous story that his last performance with them was at wembley and he was pushed onto the stage in a wheelchair um to get out out of the wheelchair to, to um play on stage and that was that was the end for his his involvement he was just like no i can't do this anymore um and they went on for a while as the twins 
he spent six months in in rehabilitation, learning how to walk again after it got so bad that that, that he lost the, the use of of, it, of his legs. Um, uh, but he he made a full recovery, and he went on to be quite quite a successful. Um, manager in the music industry so he worked for record companies and he, at one point he managed pink um in the very early days of her career in in europe so he did recover wow i know Listen it's to this. i've you amazing well the twi- so so luke who was the, the main singer he never really i mean he had an amazing voice but he never really achieved the success of Bross after Bross split. Um, though he tried, um, from what I understand, he he got a, a residency in, in Las Vegas, singing kind of like Sinatra, sort of those kind of standard songs, um, which is really successful. Um, Matt went on to be an actor. So he's been in films like Hellboy, um, some really big, successful Hollywood films. So they did go on. So as I said at the top, I've, I've pulled this out and and listened to it again. And then not only do I rediscover what a fantastic album this is and actually probably appreciate it now more than I did at the time, there's all these amazing new gems on the version that I was listening to. All young people might call them Easter eggs these days. All these Easter eggs scattered through it. There were so many mixes at the end of this. Did you know that Shep Pettibone of Madonna fame remixed I Owe You Nothing? Yeah, and it was it's amazing. It's like six minutes of amazing pop. What I did notice about this album is how wonderful the intros and the outros were every every song begins in some sort of really awesome way like they're just beautifully produced tracks this is a piece of pop heaven yeah it it is really good it reminds me very much of um not musically but the kind of style of it the frankie goes to hollywood album Mm -hmm, where mm -hmm. it, it wasn't really the band that produced it it was the producer's that made it so um they kind of almost fronted the music well it just has such an amazing feel to it like honestly if if anyone's listening go and put this on it will take you back in time if you're around at that stage it it reminds me a bit of watching stranger things um that show on netflix like it's just got so many subtle references back to a time and a place that you you're you're transported there quite beautifully but oh dear can I tell you, oh dear, my oh dear moment tonight? Go for it. For some bizarre reason, I'm listening to it, and one of the Easter eggs in inverted commas that I referred to before, which were generally all very exciting, Silent Night. And I thought, this can't be the Christmas song. In fact, it didn't even occur to me it would be the Christmas song, Silent Night. Why on earth the hell is Silent Night sitting in the middle of Bush? Yeah, I think it was the B-side to a single that was released at Christmas time in the UK. Um, so yeah, and I, I don't think it was on the original album, but I think ah. it was on the I think it was on like the expanded deluxe editions right. after. Mm, it still doesn't sit, even even still. It, <laughs> I was really quite taken aback. I was like, "Hang on a second, they're singing a Christmas song, <laughs> and it's a and it's the full version of it too. It goes on for quite a long time. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful version, I have to say, but it was just like just sort of out of nowhere. It's not what you're putting the album on for. Do you remember the cover, Lee? Yeah, 
the the with the with the big letters and then um <laughs> sort of mixing them up and holding them and doing yeah, yeah <laughs> did you a, stare at it closely back in the day like me looking at every photo and what changed like a flip book it was ve- that was very much of that time wasn't it a lot of pop stars did that the big letters do you remember bobby mm-hmm. brown did it in one of his videos mm-hmm. um, every little step i think it yes was. um yeah I, see in in the uk the fashion of the the group was massive so you had to have the the leather jacket you had to have the ripped jeans and you had to go and collect the grolsch beer bottle tops to put on your doc martins um but being underage you had to kind of rely on adults to get them for you so trying to persuade your parents to drink grolsch beer so you could have the grolsch bottle tops was quite difficult what the hell was going on with the hair Oh bless! It was. They, do you know what they reminded me of? The, the twins, Ken dolls, Barbie's boyfriend. <laughs> um, very yeah. yeah, styled to within an inch of their lives. Ironically, neither of them have any hair now. So, <gasps> oh, yeah. are they bald now? Yeah. Well. Oh no! I can't imagine that. Even Jason Donovan would have been jealous of that. Oh hair. yeah, totally. Luke does have some hair. But I think he bought it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Matt has Uh, gone with the kind of Jason Statham look, which suits him (laughs) much better. There was a pop act in the 90s who I was a little bit obsessed with the music of for a time, Jeremy Jordan. Um, he had an album that I put on and still to this day put on because I think it's great. It's a little bit like hip-hop. and But, yeah, I, I feel like Bross set the template for Jeremy Jordan. Oh, I've never heard of Jeremy Jordan. I don't think no, he made it has. over here. Nobody else. <laughs> uh, there's a song that goes like, um, I want a girl like you. I don't know if it was big in the UK. In fact, I think he was very big in the US. Oh, well, two songs were big in the US, I should say. And over here, he caught on in all the, the teen music magazines, got hold of him. And, and, I, and I do think that Bross should sue him for royalties because he stole their image. <laughs> what are some of the tracks that stand out for you on this album, Lee? Well, I loved all the singles. I love When Will I Be Famous. I love Drop the Boy. It was the, you know how Michael Jackson had his hee-hees? Well, Bross, yes. they had their they had their their little kind of rules that he used to do in all of the songs. Um, so I I loved those. I think my favorite is I owe you nothing because it's just really powerful. Um, but listening to it again today, I quite I liked I quit. Um, I liked shocked. Um, not to be confused with the Kylie version. Um, no, you see, the thing, Lee, is that Kylie was shocked by the power and Bross <laughs> is shocked to the core. <laughs> Very different things. As I said, Cat Among the Pigeons, I find that a beautiful song and, yep, probably me mocks, but George Michael through and through to me. I love uh, 10 Out of 10. That is such a beautiful, sweet, morbid, melancholy song. It's just beautiful, Mm. though. Um, It was interesting. About two years ago, they reformed just the twins um, and did um, this amazing documentary, which if you haven't seen it, you must try and find it because it's like, um, what was that kind of like skit rock documentary of in the early eight spinal tap it's like 
Ross's version yeah. of Spinal Tap. They're not intentionally trying to be funny, but it is just hilarious. Here's, here's what I remember too. My older, much older brother um, watching the video clip for When Will I Be Famous and asking me, you know, in his distinct, disgusting style, if if the person on the screen was male or female, and I actually didn't know. I hadn't heard of Bross from a bar of soap. And because of the voice, a bit like that Terrence yeah, McGarvey yeah. song. Very pretty boys. And I think that was kind of the image was played into with the earrings. And I think it was all in that their manager knew exactly what he was doing. He knew how to play into the teen market and all that kind of of androgyny of, you know, they're not threatening. They're not, you know, they're they're boys, but they're not threatening. Um, Which I think for a while they played into, but then I think naturally as you mature, they kind of rebelled a little bit against it. Then there was Love to Hate You, uh, another great track. There isn't actually a dud track on here, unless you're going to disagree with me on that. I Owe You Nothing, which has got to be probably the standout of, of and the, the mixes, mm. my God. Some of those remixes are just, oh, they give you goosebumps. I'm not joking. They go and look up the remixes of I Owe You Nothing. I Quit. Now, this was interesting because I've only ever known the album version, and then tonight I go and do this and and I, I love the album version it's a brooding song i've had it right up to here now i've taken a break but then there's a single mix apparently um which maybe was released over there i have no idea but it really drives this song to a whole new level it's a fantastic mix i'd love to know who did it because he or she yeah uh, yeah because there was a video for it for i quit um and but it's okay. it's kind of like a tour video so they're like on tour uh-huh. I hate those um, video clips. Why does every star do yeah. those stupid bloody video clips of them on tour? It's the laziest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Madonna, Kai, it doesn't matter. You can name any artist. They've all done one of those lazy I'm at the end of my album campaign uh, moments. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. And we're and we're gonna we're gonna push one more single out. Yeah. But they're on tour. Cowboys Let's style. do a tour video. Hello, miles away. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 I hate yeah. them. It's a jungle out there. Uh, I tell you what, it's a jungle out there. This could easily run over the end credits of any 80s film about a robot that has just learnt how to love. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just a great album. So, Lee, should people go and put this one on? I definitely think they should. If you're of an a, if you're of of uh, my generation where you kind of remember it and thought, yeah, it was a bit teeny boppery, go and listen to it again because it genuinely is. It does stand the test of time. Yeah, I love it. I love this album, and I want everyone to go and have a listen to it I, I, again. I don't think, besides the singles, anything will really pop out at you. But that's the whole point of a really good album. Not every track on it needs to be single worthy as we call it or commercially viable but as a as a project this is it's it's just great i was really yeah i don't know i just had one of those happy moments when i pulled it out and dusted it off and put it on and went yes this is great in fact i'm gonna go and listen to it again right now I think you should. And the rumour was, when they came back a couple of years ago, sort of like 2018, they were going to re-record it in its entirety, but you, but doing different sort yes. of more contemporary yes. arrangements. In fact, and it, I, and that, sorry, I, I'm just going to say, Lee, I've got that written right in front of me in my, in my notes. I was like, they should really update some of these songs because what was the one? There was one in particular I thought, if they updated this, it's it's 
got hit written all over it. But anyway, sorry, you you go ahead. I interrupted you. Yeah, then and, and it never happened. In that, I think the um, sort of impetus for the reunion kind of phased out a bit, and it, it it wasn't as successful as they hoped it would have been. So it kind of got shelved, which is sad because it would have been interesting to see. Just before we go, Lee, what are you up to at the moment? And isn't it like, do you feel like a bit naughty that we're the only two on this podcast? It's very rare that there's only two of us. Yeah, it. it's like, like where we've slipped away and we're just, you know, doing this on our own. Yeah, we've sneaked off. Where is everybody? I think it's that it, we call it Twixtmas, which is between Christmas and New Year, when people kind of are either just go are still with family and and they're kind of you know in you know you can't get in touch with them or they, they've just closed themselves down because it's all been too much <laughs> um so yeah i'm 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 not at work at the moment i go back at the beginning of the new year so i'm just enjoying it i'm just enjoying doing nothing and revisiting pop albums from my childhood and since i've got you on the line one-on-one Tell everyone what's one thing that they they might not know about Lee, which might be everything because they don't know anything about Lee. Um, 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 I gave up the opportunity um, of taking a signed photograph of Kylie Minogue. I met her in person and I gave up that chance. Hang on. Tell us that story. Oh, this is this is this is the regret of my life. So when she released Rhythm of Love. So was that like 1990, 91 time? Yep, 1990. Um, I was was at university and I had gone to um, do some work experience at a very famous children's hospital in London called Great Ormond Street. Um, And I was on a a ward and they said, oh, we've got, they had like special, you know, famous people visiting all the time. And um, they said, this afternoon we've got Kylie. Well, I nearly peed myself because I was like, oh my God. Um, but in my head, I pl- I made a plan. I thought, right, she will be my best friend forever if I kind of act like I'm not bothered. Oh, um, stop it. So- Bad plan. Bad I know. Plan. I bought. Yeah. So she came, she came to the bed of this child that I was, I was sitting with and this cat. Oh. So she was like saying to him, um, would you like a, would you like a photo? And he was like, no. And she was like, would you like a kiss? And he was like, no. Um, so, she turned to me and kind of said, would you, would you like a photograph? And I was like, no, you're all right. Um, But inside, I I know inside I'm going, you idiot. Um, But I was like, you know, she'll, she'll, she'll see that I'm not a a weird, crazy fan and she'll go, Hey, you want to be friends? Um, And the plan didn't work. I have not heard such a depressing story in a very long time. You tried to (laughs) act aloof so that Kylie would be your friend. (laughs) Yeah, because that was the plan. Yeah. And then as she as she walked off, I was like internally crying. I was like, oh, no, please come back. <laughs> it all went wrong, Kylie. It all went wrong. <laughs> you weren't even a boy. You would have been a man by then, wouldn't you? Yeah, I was like in my kind of like late teens. I was like... Oh my God! Um, please come back. I love you. I love everything you've done. I want to touch you. Um. <laughs> you should have chased her up the hospital ward and grabbed her around the ankles and went, "I really do. I really do. I really do." <laughs> I'll have all those photographs and this shoe that I have managed to pull off you. Um. <laughs> oh, that's such a horrible story. I can't. I went. No, you're okay. No, it's all right. You're right. As if I wasn't bothered. Yeah, and it was a beaut. It was. <laughs> 
it was a beautiful photograph as well. It was the one of her in the desert in the feathers. Oh. And I was like, and she'd signed it freshly. So it was still a little bit oh damp. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah, I don't know why I did it. I just, uh, you know. Girl, she would have been offended too. Like she's already been rejected by the boy. And now you like, <laughs> <laughs> She probably remembers. I, I, yeah, I saw a light die in her eye. I saw it dim as <laughs> she walked away. Oh, what a horrible story. I'm sorry, but I'm sort of getting all clammy and sweaty thinking about it because it's horrible. It's so embarrassing. It is horrible. Everyone. It's embarrassing for her. It's embarrassing for you. Yeah. <laughs> Little boy wouldn't. Yeah, I hate, I hate it. Oh, he didn't care. He didn't know who she was. I hate myself. I hate eighteen-year-old Lee for that, and I will always hate him. <laughs> oh wow, what a story, hey? <laughs> I never met Bros. I didn't care about them, but you know, <laughs> it would have been. But funnily enough, if you did meet Bros, you'd literally be going, "No, it's okay." <laughs> <laughs> I'm all right. I'm not bothered. Yeah. No thanks. <laughs> 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 Will you be my friend? <laughs> <laughs> it's a legitimate one with him. Oh, God. Sometimes amateurs know best, and a lack of professionalism is all you'll hear on the Time to Talk show. Join Tim and his panel of guests as they wade their way through a range of news, music, and pop culture treats. Time to Talk, the show hosted by amateurs for unprofessional listeners. Amateurs, is this the best that they could do? That's it. Don't do it. Yeah, don't, don't lick back. Well, we've segued no. very far off, Bros. How are we going to bring it back before we go? Oh, I don't. How can we? How can we bring that back? I wonder what Bros would have tasted like. What do you think? <laughs> looking. <laughs> oh God, that's true. Looking, looking at that image. What kind of smell would they have given given off? <laughs> Thank you, Lou, for bringing it back. I was going to bring up, do they know it's Christmas as the link between Kylie and Cross? Like, oh. You did something much better. <laughs> I did, uh, yeah, but you if you haven't seen that, that video, please go and watch the video of Do They Know It's Christmas Time 2, Feed the World 2, yes. just for the Bross um, dancing and the girls from Bananarama stood behind them and their reaction to his dancing. Oh, really? It's I'm, amazing. I've watched it a thousand oh, times. I've never seen that little moment. Oh, please, you must watch it. He's doing this ridiculous dance, thinking that he's all that. And um, the girls from Bananarama are just howling at him. They're stood <laughs> behind him. It's it's amazing. You must find oh, it. nasty little bees, those two. I tell you what, I'm not surprised. I will go and look it up now, though, I've got to say. Thank you for reviewing Bros and Push with me. You are totally welcome. I have enjoyed hope, every single second of it. I hope the other podcasters aren't jealous. You know, haters gonna hate. What are we gonna say? Yeah. Gonna say? There's, there's no, there's, get out of bed, people. Get out of bed. <laughs> See you, Lee.